You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And we're a VHS podcast that looks at the box art trailers and behind the scenes. And this week we have another listener submitted film. Thank you for the email. What is the film? Should we read the email? Well, yeah, but introduce the the trailer. Okay. We are taking a look at Disney's The Black Cauldron. Legend has it, there was once a king so cruel and so evil that the gods feared him. Since no prison could hold him, he was trapped forever in the form of a great black cauldron. The old king, that black-hearted devil. Walt Disney Pictures presents The Black Cauldron. Escape into a world of darkness. Are you coming? Me? Go in there? Oh, no, no, no. It's a terrible place. A world of excitement. <sighs> a world of dreams. Aaron, the greatest warrior, a true hero. And through the magic of 70mm photography and six-track Dolby sound, you will be transported to a fantasy event for the entire family. Look! Look, sire! It's working! Soon the Black Cauldron will be mine. In the great tradition of Disney animated classics, now comes the newest Disney spectacle of them all, the Black Cauldron. We're jumping right into Disney's 25th movie. And then this VHS that come out on the 25th anniversary, a lot of 25 here. But let's see what Nicholas, who wrote us the email, had to say about this. Nick said, please review The Black Cauldron. The movie almost bankrupted Disney's animation department. It was not released on VHS until 1998, despite uh, having been theatrically released in 1985 and then dropped a wikipedia link for it uh to make us do research which we never do thanks Uh, thanks uh, nick we had to work on this one (laughs) i I did do research on this uh because the movie's boring there i said it uh yeah and what he says is 100 percent true uh movie came out in 85 and did not get any release at all until 98 on no. video this is known as the movie that disney tried to bury this is the black cauldron is disney's black sheep uh and we we have the 1998 tape uh luckily in the 90s i was collecting the disney animated movies so i had this one to dig out and we, t- we that's what we took a look at we took at the t- took a look at this disney's masterpiece version from 1998 the semi-remastered version of the movie that came out uh, 23 years after it came out in theaters. Yeah, released July 4th, 1985. Wow, this is the ID4 of 85. <laughs> um, one of those did much better. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, this movie needed more Will Smith. That's what it always... Yeah. Every movie needs more Will Smith. <laughs> but only fun Will Smith, not like Pursuit of Happiness, sad Will Smith. 
Or uh, what's the uh, animal planet, Will Smith? <laughs> I don't know where he did with his son. After Earth. Woo, that sucked. I didn't see that. He's so boring because he talks like this the entire time. Okay, maybe we should talk actually talk about the Black Cauldron <laughs> instead of Will Smith movies. But that is kind of what we do. Yeah, we take tangents because uh, sometimes, like in the case of Black Cauldron, it's tough to tough to talk about the movies here. I have two. I'm gonna say two positive things about it. One, the poster's awesome. Uh, the original poster I'll show Matt right here because it's on Wikipedia. That's great. Love it. Also, 80 minute runtime. Yeah. <laughs> Very positive. <laughs> yeah. Um, should we take a look at the uh, front of the tape here for the listeners? Ready yeah, to well, jump in I mean, on that? Uh, we can do our history first. Okay. Uh, this was the first time I ever watched it. I had heard about this. Uh, there's I, had, I knew some people in college because I went to school for animation. And I knew some people that loved this film. And... You know, I thought I would like this, too, because I like the fantasy. Uh, Matt can turn around and see. I have The Wizard on VHS, The Secret of Nim. I have The Hobbit. Uh, I have The Lord of the Rings on DVD and Blu-ray. You know, I really like a lot of animated films and fantasies, you know, right up my alley as a kid. Not this one, though. Yeah, this one uh, also seemed tailor-made for me because it does have some horror elements to it with The Horned mm-hmm. King you know sort of the the dark imagery so this is kind of like a dark fantasy uh so this is this is in my wheelhouse too uh but i saw this once in 98 when i got this tape i i probably got it for like a christmas present because that's what my family always did it was you know when the new disney animated tape would come out that would be like mm-hmm. a christmas present for me because uh, I had kind of all of those when they were coming out in the 90s. Probably watched it when I first got it. It was like, cool, I've never seen this one, never really heard of this one. Watched it. I don't know what my opinion was of it, but then it went in the Disney bin and didn't come out until it was time to talk about it for this podcast. So I must not have liked it all that much. Oh, the Disney bin. I wonder what that looked like for you. Oh, we, we can go to my parents' house and go upstairs and still see it. It's still there. It's, it's like a big Rubbermaid Tupperware thing with a, a bungee cord wrapped around it to keep it closed because it's obviously bursting and it's just a tote full of these clamshells of Disney movies. <laughs> well, where we kept all of our VHSs when I was a kid, Disney films wouldn't fit, so we had to stack them horizontal and uh, they, they just didn't look as nice. Yeah, the, that's why that's still there. Like, I've got all my tapes, uh, or not all my tapes, because I got too many tapes. Most of my tapes in my apartment, but there's still some stragglers left at my parents' house. But the Disney tapes never made it back over to my apartment because they're too, they're, I don't know where to fucking put them. Like, they have to remain in that tote because they're so big and bulky with the clamshells. Yeah, as much as I like clamshells, they're annoying. Uh, but I have to put all my clamshells on top of my shelf. Yeah, they don't really, they... They're not practical. So they remain in a tote. And this one came out of hiding because Nick recommended it. And it was mm-hmm. like, all right, let's revisit this. Let's see. It's been it's been a 20 years since I've seen it. So let's see what it's all about. All right. Why don't you describe what we got on the front of the box here? It just says Disney's masterpiece, The Black Cauldron. Uh, they've got it in like that like shiny holographic style not like actually like a 3D, but you know, where it's like that shine to it and you see the lines. It says the Black Cauldron, it's in purple, real big in the top. And then we get the uh, the lead characters, which is a dude, a princess, the Horned King, the pig, and the whatever the fuck dog thing is their little sidekick. Uh, all standing on like a, a hill with the like scary castle behind them. 
Mm-hmm. Kind of a boring cover. Compared to the original poster, certainly. Uh, this It softens this movie so much, the tone of it. Yeah, this looks so gentle. Like, when you see this, it's like, oh, he's got a sword, and he's, like, on a hill with the, all these characters, and it's like... Well, look but, how dark the poster is. It's so good. It really does show you it's a, you know, magical fantasy. Yeah, this one, this this cover doesn't. The original OG poster does sort of have more of the horror elements, and, like, it's dark, it's mysterious. This cover, the VHS cover is not mysterious at all. I'm like, oh, I'm just getting, like, a gentle fantasy movie no it looks like sword in the stone yeah it's exactly what it looks like sword in the stone flipping it over to the back here get a couple images which by the way that's a film i like a lot better than this <laughs> I, I need to revisit that one too i haven't seen that in a very long time probably 20 years we get some images from the film nothing very descriptive, though very gentle looking it's like kind of our characters smiling at each other mm-hmm. for the most part uh magical cauldron at the bottom here uh that you know, maybe is luring in viewers. Uh, the side has masterpiece collection on it as well. And here's here's our description. Uh, it starts off with a quote from Roger Ebert: "A rip roaring tale of sword, sorcery, and magic." Disney's twenty fifth full length animated classic, "The Black Cauldron," is a heroic adventure that fills the screen with magic and wonder, overflowing with colorful characters, trailblazing animation, and nonstop action lies this critically acclaimed film can now be enjoyed on video for the first time ever in the mystical land of Prydane? probably i don't know i don't remember half the names in this film a young boy named Terran who dreams of a future as in as an invincible warrior finds himself leading a real life quest in the race against the evil horned king Terran must be the first to find the mysterious black cauldron or the horned king will unleash its power and take over the world with the help of a magical sword, an enchanting princess, an adorable clairvoyant pig, and a funny little furry creature named Gurgi, Terran overcomes winged dragons, the king's monstrous henchmen, three baddie witches, and more, and learns nothing is as powerful as courage and friendship. 80 minutes PG. Yeah, uh, this film is, this is just the film that's trying to be Ralph Baskey. Yeah, it does really want to be... Fire and Ice. What's the other? Wizards? Really wants to be Wizards. Really wants to be Wizards. Um, Yeah. But it's not. It's not there. Did you ever see the Disney documentary where they talk about the the Dark Times uh, in the 80s? Yeah. Waking Sleeping Beauty. Waking Sleeping Beauty. Yep. Um, It's a good documentary. Uh, They talk really... They have a section on this. Yeah, they have sort of the section that led to their almost bankruptcy, and this is kind of their film that almost bankrupted their animation department. Yeah, I do have another positive thing to say about this movie. This movie was done so poorly because of the production problems that Disney had to rethink what they were doing. And it came, it turned into the revitalize with The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, The Lion King. We got back to like... I do give Disney credit right now. They know what they are, and they're doing it well. Uh, Disney, at this point, they didn't really know who they were anymore. Walt Disney had passed away. Uh, They were searching. Uh, Other than The Rescuers coming out, maybe a couple years before this, I love The Rescuers. I always liked the second one more. I don't know why. Oh, I like the the second one. I don't know why. Yeah, I like them both. Um, This is like, but Disney was losing their way. And I'm glad they made this and it failed because Disney changed. 
yeah. and went back to what the musical um, animation uh, because this this has no musical numbers. No, I do think I think in the sort of time that doesn't get talked about that much, there are some good ones. I really like the Great Mouse Detective. I really like uh, that's Rescue's a dark Down one Under. too. Yeah, uh, I think there are there is some good stuff there. Well, those two, I guess. That's but uh, uh, and I, yeah, the Rescuers, the Rescuers Down Under. So I guess those three. Uh, but, but they're not. Most people don't love them. Other than no, those I, are movies that I'm just saying I that say, I like. The that, Great Mouse Detective has a great, great villain. Yeah, I I love that. That's like my top in my top five Disney. That's like my number five probably. Like I love Great Mouse Detective. But if we went out to a hundred different people to make their top ten Disney animations, most likely none of the '80s ones are going to be in there or right. in the '70s. And I do. I know that this movie though has a following. It's it's, it's a cult following yeah. for sure. It's not like a big following. I uh, I knew people in college who called this the best Disney film, and I'm like, okay. Um, but I hadn't seen it at that point, so I just like, okay. And uh, yeah, so this is this is a very particular time, and it's it's hard. It's probably hard for listeners right now to understand that there was a time where like Disney was almost gone. You know what I mean? Like. They're so prevalent in today's culture. I mean, with them owning Star Wars and Marvel and stuff today, they're everywhere. But, like, this this could have killed Disney as we know it. Especially the animation studio. Um, because they to recoup money for this, they re-released 101 Dalmatians on an anniversary end of the theater that helped recoup this. Because the budget on this was $44 million estimated. But I've heard... Other people say like this may have ballooned up to fifty million with marketing and just a bunch of problems. So they did not put this movie out. It sat in their vault for a long time. And you have the uh, two thousand release, right? No, this is ninety eight one. Well, because it says twenty fifth anniversary, but the movie was released in eighty five. No, it just says it's the twenty fifth release. This is from 98. Oh, well, okay, but the trailer we watched said 25th anniversary. So yeah, but that was the trailer we watched is from we saw Poca- from Pocahontas 2, which yeah. was later. Okay, so. so that's where the confusion came in for me. But yeah, this one sat in the vaults and that's why I had never seen it. I was 3 when this came out. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't even alive when this first came out, so I didn't see it and then I just saw the tape when I got it for Christmas or whatever and was probably like, "Okay, I've seen it now." Mm-hmm. I it was you know ninety eight was about the time I started kind of forming my own opinion on movies. I wasn't just like oh I liked it because it was a movie, um, but you know so about this time I probably was like I don't like this one as much. Um, well, it's also interesting because uh, right now Hasbro was coming out with their films and they were making a lot of money off their toys and their TV shows. Maybe not so much GI Joe the movie <laughs> and Transformers, but if you look at something like Care Bears, that took two million dollars to make. And it made like 30, 40 in the theater. So Disney had to really look like, are we going to continue to do this? Because yeah, these it's... masterpieces cost, they're bloated budgets. They cost a lot. Some of them are gorgeous. Great freaking films in the 60s and everything. But they're expensive. Yeah, and this one like really feels like, and we'll, we'll dive in when we start talking about the movie. We've got to still talk about the trailers here, but like this movie just overall feels like Disney looking at other people. Like we mentioned, yeah. Ralph Bakshi, Don Bluth feels yeah. like, uh, who was still there. No, he had, he had left. Well, oh. he, this movie was in production for such a long time. He had taken a crack at this, but 
by the time this went into actual production, he was gone. He was gone. The the nine old men. But it left. it feels like you know it feels like a Don Bluth. It feels yeah. like a Ralph Bakshi. It it feels like Disney trying to do at what everybody else is having success at. Well, I think at first, because it was such a transition in Disney, they had a lot of younger animators in there, and they they wanted to make their mark. So they had specifically said like, "Hey, we want to make the next Sleeping Beauty. We want this to be." that grand of a movie oops it didn't work out uh at first i think you know when they did the storyboards they had created a dark film that disney had never done like this and so you're like okay that's what we're gonna do i mean they had tim burton helping before he left he, yeah, he did tim concept on this yeah he did a lot of concept work uh they had it was such dark imagery so when you look at the storyboards i get it but it's not a disney film so when this would be released, they need to know this before they start animating. I get they were trying to be harder edge because it was the 80s. It was, yeah. Everything was becoming, you know, we were a little angry from the problems in the 70s and the war and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, it just didn't work. And part of it is because Disney stepped in and uh, was it Kaisenberg? Or uh, what's his name? Katzenberg. Uh, Katzenberg. He came in and cut this, so we'll go into it behind the scenes. But it just radically changed from what it first was. That it became... It just was more about, hey, we're trying to do what everyone else is doing. They were trying to have their cake and eat it too. Be yeah. dark, but still be Disney. Didn't work. Let's uh, let's pop this tape in, because we got a lot to dig into here. Uh, so let's take a look at the trailers. We had some trailers on here. Now playing at a motion picture theater near you. Yeah, we have a lot of trailers. Uh, it starts off with a teaser trailer for A Bug's Life. I remember seeing this teaser trailer and being so stoked for this movie. Being like, oh my god, we're going to be like, we saw what toys do when we're gone. Now we're going to see what bugs are going to do when we uh, are away. I can't wait to see this movie. I still like Bug's Life. I know it's a lot of people's, other than Cars, like two or three or whatever. Uh, it's a lot of people's on the bottom of the list of Pixar. It might be closer to the bottom on mine, too, if I revisited them all. Um, but I don't know. At the time, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I haven't seen it in a long time. I think it's it's one of my favorite Pixar's. I don't really like Pixar that much. I think they you know they rely too much on the same old tropes. So I'm not big on Pixar. Uh, but uh, I like Bugs Life. I think it's one of their better ones. I think it's just a nice movie. Just a cute movie. Uh, and then second was Meet the Deedles, which I assume this was a Matt movie right here. I never saw this. Me neither. Never saw this. Uh, was really weirded out that this trailer was even on here. It was like, what? Well, because it was Buena Vista. Yeah, it was. Well, it's like Disney, but it's like, I feel like it's like a Disney TV movie or something. You know, like, why That's, is this it, on this? It, it probably was a direct-to-video. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what the trailer says, if it was coming to video or look for it in your theater. Might yeah. have been a theater one, though, because it came right after Bug's Life. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but I've never seen this one. Me neither. It's got Paul Walker in it. Yeah. Huh? Uh, then we had Kiki's Delivery Service, which was uh, Kiki was voiced by Christian Dunst, and uh, the other voice was Matthew Lawrence. Whoa, whoa. Um, but the other Matthew, not yeah. the other Lawrence, not yeah, Joey. Not, not Joey though. Um, yeah, I don't like these movies. I don't like these Miyazaki movies and like the no. Studio Gilby stuff. I don't like it. Not for me. I went through a period where I really liked them. Uh, I remember this one. Uh, this was, I 
think I don't know if this had a theater release, but I definitely saw this on video. And this was part of me in animation school. Like, I just had it. Like, there's a couple of them I do like, though. So, you know, if you don't like them, I get it. Not my thing. Yeah, I just I just said that I basically I'm saying I don't like the Black Cauldron. I said I don't like Pixar. And I said I don't like Studio Gilby. I think it just lost all the animation people. Like every animation person that's listening to this episode is just like, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, you have a dark heart. There's I do. Something I have no you. soul. It's okay. Uh, here's another one. Uh, I have not seen Pocahontas 2, Journey to a New World. No. I probably around this time when Disney started kind of putting out the sequels to their big ones, mm-hmm. I didn't see a lot of these. I, I never saw like the Lion King 2 or Little Mermaid 2. I know I saw the three uh, Aladdin movies, but those are kind of bigger releases when those came out. Um, did Aladdin 3 come out in theater? I don't know if 3 did, but I'm pretty sure 2 had a limited release because I think I saw yeah, 2 in theaters. Did, yeah. Uh, yeah, but and I never saw like any of these. So I never. I didn't see many of them. I didn't see a lot of these sequels. Um, then uh, next was a movie that I adored as a kid was Lady and the Tramp coming to video this fall. I love 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 coming love. coming out of the Disney Vault. Yes, uh, I love Lady and the Tramp. I don't really remember this one, but I know I watched this VHS a few times, so I probably liked it then, and I probably would like it a lot now. I think it's funny. I probably haven't seen this in ten years. Oh, God, I probably haven't seen it in 25 years, honestly. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. I would like to revisit it. I wonder if I like it as an adult. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this one now, but I liked it, I think, as a kid. I watched it Mm -hmm. a few times. And then our last trailer was Lion King 2, Simba's Pride, only on video. Again, one of these like straight-to-video sequels that I just never saw. I never saw any of these. I saw this. I also saw uh, Lion King Half. Oh, one and a half. One yeah. and a half, or yeah, it was one and a half. That's right. Uh, and I loved the Timon and Pumbaa TV show. I watched the show. Yes, yeah. I did watch that, and I loved that as a kid. I did love that Hakuna show. Hakuna Matata. And you know, like the, the the fun thing about Disney with theirs, even even though I never saw these things, like their sequels and their TV shows, they always get the original voice cast to come back for that shit, which is amazing to me. For, like they probably spend a lot of money for that. Yeah. Like Nathan Lane was in the fucking yeah, and that Nathan Lane like the height of like the birdcage and everything like super famous Nathan Lane was still in the show. You know that's crazy to me. I bet he's so much fun to work with. I'd love to work with him. I'd love to just hang out with Nathan Lane for a day. Can you imagine how fun that fucking day would be? Oh, it'd be amazing. He just seems like a just like a beam of light. You know, (laughs) he was sent here for us. (laughs) Yeah. I, he doesn't know that yet, but he's going to bump into us. And I'm just gonna be like, Nathan Lang, you're just, you just bring me so much joy existing, keep existing. And I will continue to feel joy in my heart. Matt, come hang out with me for a day. (gasps) Yes. I'll do whatever you want to do, Nathan Lane. Do you want to just sit and hang out? Or do you want to go out on the town? What do you want to do, Nathan Lane? Let's hang out. Uh, at least the Black Cauldron, we found out that Nathan Lane's true purpose in life is to hang out with Matt Stork. Yes, bring me joy. Bring me joy, Nathan Lane. All right, what's uh, feature presentation time? And now, our feature presentation. Legend has it, in the mystic land of Preday, there was once a king so cruel and so evil that even the gods feared him. Since no prison could hold him, 
he was thrown alive into a crucible of molten iron. There his demonic spirit was captured in the form of a great black cauldron. For uncounted centuries the black cauldron lay hidden, waiting, while evil men searched for it, knowing whoever possessed it would have the power to resurrect an army of deathless warriors. And with them, rule the world. We have a voiceover that never comes back. <laughs> I don't think. You're going to have to drive. You're going to have to take the wheel on this one because like I, it hasn't been that long since I've watched it. Uh, uh, it's been a, a little bit. It, sometimes I watch these movies right before we come and record, and it's been like, I don't know, a couple weeks, maybe a week. I don't know. It's, it's been a little. It's been a little bit since I've watched this. You're gonna have to take the wheel because I fucking don't remember anything that happens in this movie. Well, I can tell you one thing that's gonna be difficult. The names for the characters in this are very weird because it's based off a Welsh uh, series of books. And Welsh names, apparently, for uh, us Americans, are just weird. Yeah. There are a few. Uh, we're going to get into it. but uh, So it, it starts off where we see this magical man, I guess you could say, and his cat wants to be fed. And there's a pig, and the pig is clairvoyant, <laughs> which is... Okay, here I mean, we go. Here we go. <laughs> uh, and then the kid's just bouncing around like uh, Luke. He's just like, I want to go and fight in the war. And I was like, oh, it's Luke Skywalker. Except Luke is uh, much more likable. This kid annoyed me. Yeah, I'm. It, it's all coming back to me now. Uh, yeah, I remember thinking the Star Wars thing very early on in this. Yeah, where they're just good to be good. There's no reason. I want to fight. I want to I wanna be on the side of the, the uh, you know... The good guys. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. You would ask him, oh, why do you want to fight? He'd just like look at you blankly and yeah. blink. Like, I have no backstory. Yeah. <laughs> None. There's not no compute. motivation. <laughs> Does not compute. Uh, so he, uh, I don't know, the magical guy, the pig freaks out. So the magical guy brings him in to look at a pot of water. I don't know. And then he sees that the horned king knows about the pig. And he's like, you must take this pig away. I don't even know if he's going anywhere. He's just like, take it away. The intro of the Horned King is pretty cool. I like the Horned King in this, the look of him anyway. Uh, so he I. has nothing to do at all, but no. like, he looks cool. Very Sleeping Beauty. Um, Maleficent. Yeah. Very much. I, I think Tim Burton actually came up with the concept for this character. Uh, maybe? It's like it's kind of like Maleficent meets like a you skeleton, you know, Skeletor. Yeah, it's he reminds me of Skeletor. Skeletor. Yeah, because at one time he's drinking wine, and I'm like, um, how does that work? Where's that going? Is it just going to your cloak? <laughs> uh, so he the he runs off with the pig, and I, he bumps into the most Gollum ripoff character I've ever seen. Gurgi. You horrible, greedy thing! You should be ashamed of yourself. Oh, poor, miserable Gurgi deserves fierce smackings and whackings on his poor tender head. Always left with no munchings and crunching. <coughs> oh, poor Gurgi. Gurgi. 
Um, it's, it's a fucking weird dog thing. So, Gollum sounds more like stupid fat hobbits. And he's got a lot more like. Gurgi is more like. And. I'm like, wow. I just like, I recognize the Gurgi voice from like every 80s cartoon ever. You know what I mean? Well, like, that character, that voice actor, he's done a lot. But he just, he, he just did a voice that he's done before type thing with this. You know, it wasn't yeah, new. There was nothing new about Gurgi. I do wonder if, um, was it uh, Circus? <laughs> if Andy Circus like watched this and was just like, oh, I can make the golems. What do, I never saw uh, the old animated uh, uh, Lord of the Rings. What does what does Gollum sound like in those? So the Gollum from the Hobbit is more like a frog, and it's uh, more just like a deep, deeper voice. Yeah, it sounds like an old man. You said. Yeah, yeah. it's it's not nowhere near as good as you know, Circus's Gollum from the movies. More, yeah, more memorable for sure. Yeah. I need to go back and watch those. The Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. I never saw those. The cartoons. Oh, the cartoons? Never oh, I saw them. So. The pig gets kidnapped. Uh, it is brought back to the Horned King along with the the boy, I guess, follows them? I don't remember. But uh, it, that's a... It's When they get into the castle, it's it's fun. And how about the burlesque girl? Or yeah. The dancer. Yeah. <laughs> that is not the type of Disney character I ever remember. I, I think I, I at that point in the movie, I just like audibly was like, what is going on here? Yes, where the pig somehow lets the horned king know where the cauldron is. Yeah. I think. And then he gets like the kid smacks the um the plate that he was looking in. Why is it, why is it always looking into liquid, like a bowl? Where this is that how the pig's magic works? I guess it's like, you know, magic and witch cauldrons. I, I guess I get it. But uh when he smacks when the kid smacks the liquid back into the uh horn king's face, it burns him. I, I thought that was pretty I was like, okay, alright. I guess he doesn't like water, but he can drink wine. Yeah, right. I don't understand how that works. Oh, by the way, uh, I do not remember the kid's name. It is Taryn. Taryn. Okay, and what is the pig's name? It starts with an H, right? Himlin? Heimlin? <laughs> Doesn't say on the back, so I have no fucking idea. Whatever. I. Who cares? It was like a little pig. It's something like, yeah, like Hen... 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 hen I don't know. Henswin? Hen... hen, hen I, I think it's Henwin. Henwin? Yeah. Okay. Um... Either way, the, the kid, Taryn, and Henwin, I, I just don't like to follow them. I, I just don't want to go on this adventure with them. I do have interest in the Creeper. Yeah, that thing's weird. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think that's the weird that's good because it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Hunchback. Yeah, that's what he totally looks like. Like uh, Igor. Yes. He's an Igor character. Yeah, he's an Igor character. I, now, I feel like that's where Disney shines in this, uh, like with him. That that was a character, and that I could. I felt sorry for him because he clearly was just like trying to make the Horn King happy, trying to find these, you know, the the pig, and he's scared of the Horn King. The Horn King basically beats the, you know, just chokes him and all this stuff through the movie. Uh, so that was the only character I liked. Cause I was like, oh, I can feel sorry for you. I understand your character. 
yeah, he's he's he's. I don't know. He's like kind of fun to watch. Uh, yeah. The the Horn King. I did write. It's a cool looking character, but it has no real character. It's just bad. Because he wants to be a god to rule the world. Why? Has well, someone like, wronged you? Have you did? How did you turn into the Horned King? That's like I said at the top. He looks cool, but he has nothing to do. He's got nothing to do in this movie. He's just, I don't know, walking around waiting for his dead army. And he's having everyone else do the work. Yeah. The, Can he not leave the castle? Why, why are we doing this? The dead army's pretty cool. I'll give him that. Yeah, well, that's clearly just like ripped right off the film of Wizards. Yeah. I mean, that is blatant. Yeah, it is cool. It's the coolest part of this film. But it is. It's Ralph Bakshi, like, to a T almost. It's it's pretty insane. Because, like, I have such a familiarity with, like, when I saw that in this movie, I was like, oh, I remember this. And I'm like, but am I I just remembering that scene in Wizards? You know, like, I was like, what am I... Is it actually a memory from this, or is it Wizards? Because they are very similar. Yeah. And then when Taryn runs, uh, the pig disappears for a while in this film. I don't even know. I guess they were just trying to find it, because I guess the Horn King had it. I don't even know. I just I watched know. the film. I, I don't know. Um, so they run through the dungeons, and first we see the princess that Disney has forgotten about, because... I don't recall this princess ever being on anything. Yeah, I like, uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, they don't even name her on the back of the tape either. They're just I like, had, the enchanting princess. I had to look up her name because I couldn't remember. And it is Princess uh, Elowin? Elowin? Okay. Okay. Sure, I, I believe I, you. I may be pronouncing that wrong. I don't really care. Um, she's, again, no character. <laughs> Nothing. This movie... They just decided not to give any of these characters backstories, really, or, you know, why they're motivated to do what they're doing. Huh? Yeah, I think that's what makes this movie so boring, is that there's really nothing to sink your claws into. You know, there's not like, uh, there's nothing really relatable about our lead character. He wants to fight for good, but that's it. It stops there. He's the princess is just, she's a princess. You know, that's the end of the story. The Horned King, he looks scary. He wants to take over the world, but there's nothing to him. Gurgi's supposed to be like our funny side character, but he's just kind of annoying. And then like... Well, and then Flim Flam comes out. and or I, I think his name is Fleedler Flam. I'm just going to call him Flim Flam. He comes out of nowhere. He has a harp. I don't even know what his... What? are you doing here i'm gonna be completely honest with you i don't even remember this character whatsoever he's the older man who okay gets, okay uh, okay got he it. has a harp got it that keeps one of the strings keeps breaking and i guess he fixes it so i guess he's he i don't know maybe he makes in, musical instruments of the time period I, I i don't remember i think at this at this point in the movie i was sinking into my couch Checking out and just going like this movie fucking sucks because like uh i watched this all the way through i did not i didn't break this one up sometimes i have to break these movies up by choice or you know by time or whatever but i popped this in one night 
when I got home from work or whatever. And like, I had the time to watch this 80 minute movie. So I went all the way through it. So like, there is literally like a point, And I think we just got to it where my brain is like, we're done. Well, that's when I took my first break is once they find, once they found flitter, flam, flamey, flamey, flum, I don't yeah. know their fucking name. I don't care. Um, yeah, I, I just hit stop on it. And then I came back to it, you know, minutes before you got here, I just completed it. <laughs> yeah. I, I just like, oh, this is rough. Um, so now they're running away They're They need the black cauldron. Then they run into a bunch of fairies with beards. Oh yeah. By the way, she has an orb that can help him see in the dark. And Oh, he, uh, he takes a sword from a crypt and it happens to be magical. Yeah. The sword is going to guide them, right? Uh, sure. Okay. I don't know. Cool. He just like, Hey, look, there's a sword. He's not going to be using it. And then we see the creeper, dragging a bunch of skeletons well he has like a you know henchman dragging a skeletons and the creeper's like bring it to me bring it we go i'm just gonna do that voice for him yeah because he's igor he's basically like like the like you remember in like animaniacs when they would show like peter laurie but they would have peter laurie be igor (laughs) that's basically this character in this it's like we must bring these skeletons to the master Uh, he does say master though yeah so yeah it is, it's, it's, uh, that's that character. He's, he has nothing to do though either. Like he's Igor, but, but he's got nothing. he's a character. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. He actually has an arc too. Cause yeah, yeah. He's, he's kind of playing both sides for a while. Well, okay. We'll get to, I'll explain his arc when we get to the end, but the bearded, ther- uh, the bearded fairies, which actually had a, um, a musical, but they cut it. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I don't think they actually ever animated it. They just cut it. You know, Before animations do it. all their cuts and the storyboard. Right. Except this film, which we'll get into behind the scenes. Uh, so I think they cut it. There might be some test footage of it. I don't know. I didn't look. Um, but then we get to witches. I remember the witches. Yeah. Well, the, the forest they're in is cool looking. Yeah. Um, and I was getting... Also, Lord of the Ring vibes, where they're going through the undead swamp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. And then we get to the witches, and the first thing one of the witches do is they sexually harass, <laughs> they sexually harass Flim Flam. She's shoving his head between her boobs. Yeah. Which this movie really likes busty women. Yeah, because I remember like this is this was tied to like the burlesque dancing scene. I was like, ooh, this movie's like kind of dirty. Like this movie's for pervs. Like yeah. Well, a lot of the seventies fantasy. Yeah, films they did a were lot curvy. of it was just big tits. Like they loved doing stuff with big tits. Like yeah, jokes we, around big tits. We, we all like boobies. <laughs> boobies are the best. But I think when it comes to a PG rated Disney film, I just maybe because I'm not used to it. Because I should be more comfortable looking at boobies than like dead armies rising and slaughtering people but it's uncomfortable both times it pops up in this movie yeah at least they didn't show nipples <laughs> yeah i mean with how brazen this movie gets with that i'm surprised they didn't yeah. you know but uh she's just like oh i'm gonna marry you i'm gonna have my way with i think she literally says i'm gonna have my way with you and then she like takes his face and just smashes him and i mean the happiest spot on the earth is right between the boobs right but uh, um <laughs> i just think it's so awkwardness i wonder if this is also the bakshi influence 
Oh, it has to be. Like, because he was doing so much of the sexually aggressive stuff in the 70s and uh But he 80s. was doing it to punch you in the face. But Disney didn't understand that. They but were Dis- just like, well, he's got tits in his movie. We need to do something with a sexually aggressive woman in this movie. And they just fail spectacularly at it. It's so weird. And she, but it was fun seeing a woman being sexually aggressive in a in a Disney film instead of like the other way around. So I, to me, that made me laugh. No, oh, yeah, yeah. I see what I see what you're saying. It's just like they. It's just so like mishandled here. It's like Bakshi has such a grasp on that stuff, and like Disney's like, oh, <laughs> let's be kind of progressive, but like safe still a little. I I just they're like, let's make this woman a man. Like, that's their progressive. I yeah. don't think they understand. They, they haven't quite gotten there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it was, it, it made me uncomfortable and laugh. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, like, those those two moments, like, the burlesque and that, are, like, definitely moments I perked up where I was like, what's going on here? Is this okay? Oh, no, it's not. He said no. No <laughs> means no. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, I love it when the, the witches are trying to trick them. They're like, we'll get... We'll get the sword and, and give them the black cauldron because they don't know what to do with the black cauldron. So we'll get both. We're going to rip them off. So the kid, the line that cracks me up is, is, I will give you my most precious possession. And then I wrote, yeah, that you just found 15 minutes ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then this kid doesn't seem to have a grasp that swords are sharp because he's just like flinging it around. At one t- at one time, he's actually touching the blade with both hands. I'm like, no. Swords are sharp. <laughs> the, yeah. the kids, the, a sword will cut you. <laughs> this this kid is such a uh, dipshit, goof ass. Like yeah. he's just so like, uh, but he's always like, he's always happy for, for the most part. He's always like, we're gonna go do this. We're gonna go on an adventure. I'm like, shut up, this boy scout. Like get out of here. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I, people I think die. Yeah, I, I think this lead character is most of my problem with this movie. I just don't like him. Well, that was my point. I was like, I don't want to go on an adventure with him. Yeah. Yeah, he's not likable. And none of the side characters are all that interesting. Yeah. Uh, I also, here's the note. I just realized I have no idea what the princess's name is. And then I looked it up. Princess Ilona. I don't know. I, it's Welsh. I don't care. Um, she might be a cool character in the books. I don't know. This movie didn't do a good job of representing her. Yeah, the books are called The Chronicles of uh, Perdane. Perdane. Okay, it is Perdane. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Another but. note I have is, oh, because they finally get the cauldron, and then they figure out that to make an undead army, you have to basically throw in a dead person or skeleton, and then they rise. Uh, so it says if you go in it, Essentially, if you're alive and you go in it, you die. If you're dead and you go in it, you get reanimated. I think. Right? Sure. Sounds sure. right. Okay. Uh, the cauldron fire that burst out of it is cool looking. Yeah. You can definitely see all the 3D they did in there. Yeah. That's awesome. And then the rise of the dead army is super cool. It's just dark, nihilistic, very uh, apocalyptic. Yeah. But straight out of Wizards, though. Completely. <laughs> I even think the Skeleton Army, like, slaughters the Horned King's henchmen. Don't I they don't just, know. like... I don't remember. They rise and kill them. <laughs> uh, and then, I guess there has to be a sacrifice to stop the army. Because when Gurgi f- commits suicide, 
or at least we think. He jumps in the cauldron again, just like Gollum, like falling into the volcano. But this one's a cauldron. Uh, but this stops the army. I think the army comes back. I don't know. Whatever. The kid ends up killing the Horn King. The Horn King's death is cool looking. And I think was also part of the cut originally because uh, there's a cut scene in here where one of the faces just like melts uh-huh. and it's gnarly. Yeah. Um, Disney also really likes doing the thing where like you have like this character that's clearly for kids like Gurgi. They love killing them or thinking, making the audience think that they're dead so that they could bring them back or whatever at the end. But this is such a trope of Disney. They always do this. They always do this. Here's my note. Gurgi just committed suicide. Damn, that's grim. Wait. No, he'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he did. Yep. Uh, Horn King's death is cool. I wrote that. And Creeper is free because I love it when that little guy just goes, the Horn King is dead. And I wrote... Oh. He's dead, and he's just like, "I'm free." Oh, I, I was watching this. I was watching this with Ashley, and she goes, "She she says when the the thing gets free, she's like, oh, it's like the 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 thing.' And I forget what she said what the actual name was, but that thing in Harry Potter that gets like freed or whatever. Uh, they right. they they have their little goblin things too. I'm not a Harry Potter fan. I'm like probably pissing off the Harry Potter fans now. Uh, um, we've talked about it. I'm but, not into Harry Potter at all. But uh, they've but got I appreciate little, the movies. And there's one that's like, I'm free or whatever in there. Uh, they're like the little slave helper thing, goblin thing. I know what he is. Um, yeah, and, and then it sparked a conversation between us. We were like, God, this is so many pieces. You know, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter. Uh, uh, and I mean, Harry Potter wasn't out yet, obviously. Yeah. But like, it's taking all well, these fantasy say- things you could just say the character. I mean, he is Igor. There's another yeah. one, Igor, yeah. straight out of like, and it's taking all, and it's making this mishmash of just something I don't care about. This whole, you know, Bakshi and wizards and all, like, like it. It is such a pot. And even when it came to that point, it was like, oh, it's like the thing in Harry Potter. And yeah, that came later, and it is a trope. But still, like, it just it just reminds you that like this is a stew of everything you like, but you don't like this thing as a stew. Well, to me, this is like a Disney ripoff film. This feels like another company wanted to do something dark like Basky, Basky, Ralph Basky. And then they're like, but but we have to make it just cute enough so we can get some little kids in. It feels like someone else. It, it, yeah, it feels like Disney doesn't know how to do Basky. And it feels like someone else came in and also tried to put Disney in it. It's just it's just a pot of confusion. Yeah. Um I feel like it sounds like I didn't watch this movie, but I did, and it just nothing sticks for me. Like there's no meat on this to stick to my ribs here. It is just a liquid liquid dinner that I piss right out after I'm done watching it. <laughs> it's not good. I I will probably never revisit this unless I have to. I think in twenty years I'll probably be like, I gotta give this another shot. And I will probably have the exact same reaction. Well, uh, we will get into the more. See, I I don't find this film good, but I find the behind the scenes of this fantastic. Uh, I already said it was loosely based off those books. Uh, it was the first Disney film to be PG. Which they were going darker, yeah. Yeah, they're going darker. Uh, it is known as the Disney film they tried to bury. Fans of the fantasy genre in this movie have tried many times to get the deleted footage restored. You know, Disney has it. Yeah, they they keep everything. Yeah, 
very well protected too. Yeah. They're, no they're... one will ever see that though. They have it, but no one will ever see it. Yeah, it was uh, suspended from video release for several years due to the dark content, which now, after we watch it, we're like, really? This yeah. is what we used to get up tight? Yeah. Okay, that seems like a waste of time. Just put it out. Yeah. Now, if they just said we didn't want to put it out because we've already lost so much money on it, I would respect it a little bit more. But they're, yeah, they're just full of shit. But anyway, yeah. because even in the 80s, this is dark, but it's not, for the 80s, this isn't even that dark. You know what I mean? Like, Ghostbusters was rated PG. You know, people saw, and kids saw that like crazy. This is not that fucking scary or hard-edged or whatever. So it's a it's a crock of shit. The only reason this got buried is because they knew it was a lump of coal. Yeah, this was the first Disney, this is not the first Disney film to have cuts. Uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs had some cuts, but that was mostly for time constraints. This was the first Disney film to have entire scenes cut out because of the content. Okay. Yeah, and so I th- there's a lot of firsts on this. Thanks, because it was 80 minutes, and it was 80 minutes too long. So, uh, Tim Burton worked on the conceptual art of this, and one of the things he was upset about was the face huggers uh, came out. That's what he nicknamed them when he drew them, and you can see them online. Uh, actually, they put it in the 2000 uh, DVD release of this. Oh, okay. Yeah, so th- it's pretty interesting. Um. This movie is notable uh, to be the first movie to use computer graphics. Uh, even though it was in The Rescuers that came out before this, I think they are the ones who you, who created it first. But, you know, whatever. I, I don't know how that works. Le- leading down the path to Pixar eventually. Yeah, they use it in the flames. They use it in the, the floating orb, which I still don't know what the floating orb does in this movie other than, like, light the way. I don't yeah. Know it's okay. Um, the production of this movie is traced back all the way to 1971. Wow. <laughs> and it was called The Chronicles of Perdane. So I guess, okay, they just wanted to name it that, and somehow it turned into the Black Cauldron. I did find interesting that I found out in the books, the Horn King isn't even the main baddie. Oh, okay. I just think they really like the visual of him. Yeah, it, obviously. Like, yeah. it's going to look best on screen, I think. Uh, they approached Ralph uh, Bashke to uh, do this movie. And I don't know what happened uh, after the nine old men left. I, I don't know what happened, but he didn't do it. Well, he doesn't play well with others either. So well, that's he doesn't probably, like Disney. <laughs> that's probably why. And I mean, that's why we love him, is that he doesn't play well with others. But, like, that's probably why. No, there's plenty of stories that he's he's a shithead to work for. Yeah, he's a hard ass, but he's a genius, so it's okay. But he also never had much money, so he kind of had to be that. Yeah. Uh, according to the producer Joe Hale, when Jeffrey Kaisenberg first screened the film, he told us to cut it by 10 minutes. Roy Disney and I got together and found some scenes to get rid of that didn't affect the story that much. When they ran it again, Jeffrey Kaisenberg, and the film finished, he asked he asked Roy Disney, was that 10 minutes? And they were like, no, it was six. And he goes, damn it, I told you to cut 10. <laughs> and eventually they cut out 12 minutes, which is one of them is the melting face. Oh. Is that online, though? Has that, popped, has that surfaced or no? There's, yeah, you can see some of it. I'll, I'll post it on our Geekscape page. Um, it, it's just... It's gnarly. They shouldn't even have thought about putting that in the movie. It's it's too much. Like it terrified kids and it pissed off parents. 
because those parents probably had to go home and then put up with a nightmare. Yeah, right. Like when I watched it, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. You can't. No. <laughs> no. I mean, would I like that to be in the movie? Hell yeah, but I'm an adult. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and watch it. I'll watch what, yeah. what exists out there. Well, I'm trying to figure out, was this movie was this movie made for teenagers? I don't know if they had necessarily. They prob- it's Disney. They were probably just like, oh, it's a Disney movie. Kids, preteens, teens, adults. They probably were kind of just trying to make it for everybody. Like, Disney's never shied away from certain dark themes. Like, Bambi's mom dying. Uh, right. Death is a part of life. But this just seemed like they were being dark to be dark. Yeah. Like there was no just, life lesson. <laughs> but also, you again, confused. They were like, they were trying, when they try to do dark, but like still keep it, give it a soft edge or whatever with the movie, it, it feels forced and fake, you know? And that doesn't feel like, you know, the melting face at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. It doesn't, it's not, this, it's not born out of the same place. Yeah, it uh, it lost a lot of money because of that too. So, but you know, Disney got better. We got Aladdin. We got The Little Mermaid. We got. I mean, I don't know what you. Th- I don't think you like Beauty and the Beast that much, but I do. Uh, I like Beauty. Oh, you do? I don't. Yeah, remember. my my kind of Disney's are like yeah, Little Mermaid's my favorite because uh, I love the songs. Uh, Aladdin's great. Disney. Yeah, how could you not? Um, Aladdin's great. Lion King's great. I I like a lot of these '90s ones. Uh, I, I do think that was sort of their golden period. Um, but yeah, this this is definitely before all those. <laughs> before yeah. they cracked the formula. Well, sometimes you got to hit rock bottom to rise. That's right. And man, did they rise again. You yeah, know? they sure did. Uh, and now they, they won't stop. Now they're becoming monsters. <laughs> now they're, yeah, now they're just monsters. But they, it, with these reboots they're putting out, it, it does beg to, question like well what's next then for them you know is, is are we ever gonna get anything new or how long is it gonna be till we get something new you know well I, I mean i think all the superhero movies are doing are new but they're just so good at the formula sometimes they don't feel as new no they, they're still formula uh formula uh superhero stuff it's the same tropes. I don't know. I, I wonder how long it's going to take for us to get something kind of new from Disney again, for a new kind of reinvention. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't pay attention to everything that comes out. But yeah, I mean, we're just in a reboot, soft reboot age, and it sucks. But we went through this in the 80s, and then the 90s turned out a bunch of just crazy... I mean, we got Bills and Ted. You know, well, that was 89, but, you know... The 90s turned us into the summer blockbusters. So I I think eventually people are going to be burnt out from superheroes. Like they got burnt out with zombies. They got burnt out with westerns. They got burnt out with, I don't know, just post-apocalyptic well, yeah. movies in the 80s. Like eventually, or, or you know, horror films with the slashers and the Freddies. Every, everything pass. comes in waves. Yeah. And right now we are in this reboot slash not original wave. Uh and superhero wave. I did hear, but Francis, something something will come next. I did hear Francis Ford Coppola say he's. I don't know if this Francis Ford Coppola is still alive, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, I'm pretty sure it was him. I heard him once say it's concerning this wave has lasted this long. Yeah, Spielberg said a similar thing, I think, too, about superhero movies in general. Like he's surprised that this is 
still kind of the thing right now. Yeah. Because it's been like 15 years that we've been on the superhero thing, which is a long time for a trend. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see when it has the downslope because it has to have a downslope. It's, everything does. Everything does. And that Will Kevin, it be- Kevin Feige from Marvel seems to think it'll never happen. He he just had a quote like last week or whatever that like he thinks that he, he doesn't see an end in sight for the superhero thing. And we'll I'm like, hi, don't be so cocky. We'll uh, it, it, everything that goes up comes down. Come on. Yeah. Um, could we keep seeing them for a much longer time past their prime? Of course. Yeah, that's always oh, yeah. how it goes. But the good thing about that is that's usually when like some of our favorites come out. That's true. When like the stuff that comes out past the expiration date can be pretty fun sometimes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's the goo. Yeah, the slime. I uh, love it. All right, that's gonna wrap us up on the Black Cauldron. Thank you, Nick, for the suggestion. Uh, even though we didn't like it, it was it was a fun visit. It was worth exploring, I think, and worth talking about, and worth digging into the behind the scenes a little bit of it. Uh, I think it was—it's an interesting title for us to do. I think it's in our wheelhouse, despite the fact that we didn't really like the film. And here's the tough part: let's go into our museum. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. All right. This is the part of the show where we go out and we bring something back. Good or bad, it's got to go in our wing of the museum. Matt, what do you what do you got? I'll let you go first. Guys, this is going to be a series first, I think. I'm going to put in a lump of coal this time. Oh, I think this God. is the first time I'm going to say something negative about one of our movies. It only took well over a year for us to get like here. 75 fucking episodes. But I am finally going to say something negative. Uh, you can't you can't have a blank slate character like this lead a movie like this. You need something interesting for me to grasp onto. If you don't have interesting characters that we're following, you know, there's gotta be there's gotta be some, you know, something negative about them or something interesting or something relatable about them. But just having them be like, I want to fight for good because it's good, you immediately lose me. If you you have to have something in this type of movie for me to grasp onto to hold me through the runtime i didn't have that here and i was bored the whole time uh you need to have an interesting character or interesting side characters i'm gonna put in a lump of coal too and it kind of rides right off that uh you need to know what type of film you're making before you make a film i don't know if this was the director's fault the producer's fault uh the the head you know kaisenberg or i did it again katzenberg katzenberg I, it's so easy. Cats. Think of cats. Katzenberg. <laughs> yeah. But I want to make him Russian or something. Kaisenberg. Uh, or is that German? Sounds like the Heisenberg. The yeah, we'll say German. Work. Yeah. Well, I'm an idiot, so I'll never get that shut right. But um, Katzenberg. Katzenberg. <laughs> so, you know, you gotta kind of know. You come on. You can't spend this amount of money and just produce a film that really. You can't release. I mean, you released it, but it's a mishmash. It's just a mess. It's a mess of ideas. It's a mess of tropes we've seen a hundred times before. It's not interesting characters. It's just, it's and it's boring. Like the plot doesn't really move. It's not very exciting. Uh, well, it's a Frankenstein fantasy film. Exactly. Exactly. It's bad, and that's what makes it not work. And I, be 
I get it though. I will say I this is when I understand the fandom because there's a lot of Frankenstein movies we like, you know, that oh, are yeah. Frankenstein together, and maybe this has all the right elements for those kind of fans. But for me, I just don't find anything interesting or new in it that I can grasp onto. But I sort of, kind of get the cult following for this one. For the fans who don't like singing animals or the musical approach of Disney, I could see why they like this because conceptually, this movie looks cool. Yeah, and it's sort of the anti-Disney Disney movie. Which is weird. But it, for me, it doesn't work, but I, I can get why fans grasp onto that. Yeah, visually, I get it. Yeah. Uh, and I do get the anti, um, you know, just like counterculture of the Disney animations. I, as a film as a whole, looking at it just as a film, characters have no development. There are characters that are useless. Yeah. We forget about the pig for a while. Uh, uh, call Gurky doesn't have anything to do but be silly. The Horned well, King he doesn't have any. Suicide, yeah, but, and but he doesn't. <laughs> uh, and then the Horned King doesn't have any real motivation. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the motivation of Gurgi, why he killed himself, was she's just like, Gurgi has no friends. Friends. Karen has many friends. Yeah. So he kills himself, and I'm like, wait, what? Yep. <laughs> I remember that at the end. There is like, I, f- I want friends. You have friends. Let's be friends. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, that's weird. This guy's a stalker and a sociopath. And Get a, away from this little animal. And a thief. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, not a lot working for me here. I would say, I would say though, if you find this at a thrift store because it's so weird, maybe pick it up for your collection, but don't watch it. <laughs> I would like to have this for the collecting portion of it altogether. And I would also, I like the poster. I could have this poster up and, you know, like the posters I switch in and out. I would like to have this up one time, but just because of the art. Yeah. Not because it's a movie. Not because like. you like the movie, yeah. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, you can uh, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube. You can listen to us on a lot of things. Uh, if you have a suggestion for us, email us at analogjonestof at gmail.com. Yeah, and this is a f- sort of officially wrapping up uh viewer listener whatever uh submission month but we always will take your opinions and everything like that so yeah please continue to send them like sometimes they like resurrect things from our brain that we forgot existed so yeah and sometimes it's difficult to come up with themes yeah uh who knows what february is gonna bring (laughs) we'll see that's your month that's yours it's mine yeah oh shit <laughs> I, I already got march planned out i'm waiting on you dog <laughs> all right uh we'll help steve out figure out the theme of february should it be friendship february oh i hate that idea we should do it <laughs> <laughs> all right remember to be kind and rewind Mr. Paris, set a course. Set a course. Set a course for the unstoppable Jack and Jen podcasting the impossible. Star Trek Voyager being the material. Wine is the vehicle just like milk for your cereal. Here we go, blasting to the Delta Quadrant. Uncharted territory, but we're on it. So pour me another glass of Cabernet, because it pairs with the different parts of the galaxy. Never in my life was a crew so brave. Never was a time that I liked Rosé. But you learn something new each and every day to explore.
explore new things is a Starfleet way. Podcast hailing from the Geekscape Nation, talking Star Trek with the wine persuasion. So you want to live long and prosper fine, then you better tune in to Seven of Wine. And this is Seven of Wine, where we review an episode of Star Trek Voyager and a bottle of wine at the same time.